You're listening to Moments in the Word, brought to you by Lighthouse Gospel Ministries. Welcome back to Moments in the Word. I'm Rick Garland, your 15, 1 Corinthians 15, and uh, I've been kind of going by uh, verse by verse through that chapter and uh, taking some devotions out of there, some thoughts to uh, hopefully encourage uh, your walk and your Christian faith, and mine as well. And uh, last time we looked at uh, the explanation of the gospel that Paul gave in uh, verses, uh, see here, 3 and 4. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And we talked about the uh, good news of the gospel. What, what, the gospel means good news. So what, what good news is contained in the gospel? Of course, that is the, the death of Jesus for our sins. He was our sin bearer. He was held accountable for our sins in our place. Uh, our substitute before God under the wrath of God. And then we saw, of course, that he was buried and that he rose from the dead. Death had no hold on him, no power over him. And uh, because of his sinlessness, his perfection. And then uh, also that all this was done in accordance with what was said in the scriptures. In other words, he uh, fulfills his promises. God fulfills his promises. And so that is a great explanation of the gospel. Something that we should be reminding ourselves of constantly. Uh, that we have a sin bearer. That we don't bear our own sins. We don't. We won't earn favor with God at all. Uh, that just as sin and death uh, had no, or death had no power over him because of his sinlessness, so sin today has no power over us, and and, and death as well. That we will, uh, we are assured of our resurrection because of his uh, powerful resurrection, and that all this was done in accordance with the scriptures. So, in other words. We can trust the promises of God. We can trust that what God has promised to us, he will fulfill. And then today we're moving on to the next couple of verses, I believe verses 5 through 8. And so let's look at the word of God there. The word of God says, And that he was seen as Cephas, speaking of Christ after his resurrection, he was seen as Cephas, that's Peter, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Uh, one of the great truths of the resurrection of Jesus is how provable it is. Uh, there are so many eyewitnesses. I mean, the Bible requires a minimum of two or three witnesses, but there is uh, listed here, not only, you know, Peter and the 12 and, and Paul himself, James, but uh, more than 500 people at one time. And when Paul is writing this, he says, some are falling asleep, but some still remain. Some are still here. They can still be questioned as to what they saw and heard of the resurrected Christ. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus is a provable event. It's a historic event. It happened uh, in history. And there were eyewitnesses, eyewitnesses, those who saw him dead, those who saw him die, and then saw him again, touched him, ate with him, heard him teach after he rose from the dead. Uh, our belief, our faith is not blind faith, okay? It's not unprovable faith. It's, it's faith in a man who rose from the dead. It is faith in the Son of God, in the reality of who he is, okay? Uh, Jesus is who he says he is because of the resurrection, right? I mean, 
that's what uh, Peter makes the case in, in the book of Acts and is preaching there. He says that, that God basically, he proved who he was by raising him from the dead. All of his claims were vindicated. All of his claims were justified at that resurrection. And there were eyewitnesses to the resurrection. So as we go about our day, as we go about our week, our life, we need to remember that there is a man who has risen from the dead, Jesus of Nazareth, died under Pontius Pilate, died, was verified, dead, buried for three days, put into a grave, sealed into that grave, and then he came back to life and he rose from the dead, came out of that grave, declaring his victory over death, over sin, over Satan, over principalities and powers, and he was seen. He was seen of people. This was not done in a dark corner. This was not done in secret. This was done openly. He appeared openly and taught people after he rose from the dead. Our faith is provable. Our faith has evidence to its reality, its trustworthiness. Paul himself on his way to kill Christians when he became a convert to the Christian faith. What was it that convinced Paul, this man who not only hated Christ and hated Christians, but was on his way in the very act to kill them? What so convinced him? He says, it's that the resurrected Jesus appeared to him, spoke to him. He saw him. He heard him speak. He was taught by Christ himself. Peter affirms in his letters that he was an eyewitness of the majesty of Jesus. The brothers of Jesus, James and Jude, both authors of the New Testament, were not believers when Jesus died. Were not believers that he was the Messiah at the time of his crucifixion, from what I understand of history, but became believers later. What could have convinced them of the truth of Jesus other than seeing the resurrected Jesus for themselves? He was who he claimed to be. And though our eyes have not seen him, though our eyes have not looked upon him, though our ears have not heard him audibly teach us, we have credible witnesses who have seen him alive after his passion. After he died, he was seen alive by eyewitnesses who testified of the reality of the event. We have converts who were converted after he rose from the dead who saw him. If the death of Jesus, if the, well, Jesus died, we know that historically that's not in debate. What's in debate is that he rose from the dead. But if he didn't rise from the dead, then why were the 12 apostles so willing, so ready to die for their faith? Why were the apostles so willing to give their lives for a lie that they had perpetrated if they stole his body? If they perpetrated the lie that he rose from the dead when he had not actually risen from the dead, why would they die for something they knew was false and a lie? 
Why? They didn't make money off of the Christian faith. They lost money. They lost homes. They, they served time in prison. They were beaten. They were tortured. Why? Because they had seen the resurrected Jesus. They knew that he rose from the dead. Never, ever, ever forget our faith is not blind. Our faith is a faith of evidence. It's based in reality. And Jesus is who he says he is, or who he said he was, the Son of God, and demonstrated to be the Son of God with power when he rose from the dead, victorious over sin and death and the devil. That is the God that we serve. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much that you have given us evidence to look at, eyewitnesses. You didn't do this secretly. You did this openly. Thank you so much that you have given us a faith based in reality, based in fact, based in history. Thank you so much for coming as a man, dying for our sins and rising again from the dead. And now we look back at a historical event and say that proves, that demonstrates he is the son of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Moments in the Word. Lighthouse Gospel Ministries is an outreach ministry focused in street and prison evangelism, as well as reaching the needy with hope and help. To partner with us financially, go to gospelbeacon.org. All donations are tax deductible. We hope you were blessed and hope you will join us again for Moments in the Word.